Los Nachos Amigos, and welcome to the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Petey Rave, heir to the Ravello Cuban Cracker uh, fortune. Uh, here with me, as always, for this wrestling adventure is none other than my tag team partner, my buddy, David Jeffrey Majors, a.k.a. DJM. How you doing, Deej? Hey, PD Rave. Hey, Fanny Pack fans. We are back, and the good ship Fanny Pack rides once more to introduce something from the world of independent professional wrestling to two, count them, two fans at a time. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about wrestling, and we're going to talk, we're going to begin our coverage of the Global Cruiserweight Series in a way. Uh, it's something we had planned to do uh, in, in some form or another uh, to kind of follow it along and then get people uh, context for the names that they're seeing uh, and the people that they're going to look forward to seeing on the Global, Global Cruiserweight Series. And it turns out they gave us some helpful way to do that by having a, the qualifying matches on independent wrestling cards that we can cover. So, we start with one. We start with Progress Wrestling. This is Progress. Uh, and, Deej, who do we have with us to talk well, about this? joining us once again, returning champion, the Stormy Sooner, the Oklahoma, as some might call her, Natalie Surgeon. What's going on, Natalie? Oh, it's not much going on in Oklahoma. No Game 7, so... Uh, I won't be distracted <laughs> from, yes. from this podcast. So, well, hey, how's my how's my favorite basketball team doing for you guys? <laughs> <laughs> you enjoying my my boy Kevin Durant because he looks like he's really blossomed. Yes. He, yes. Yeah, it's amazing what a change of scenery can do. To <laughs> oh, oh. Ooh, you're adding oh. salt to the pile. You're adding Ooh. salt to the pile right now. That's uh, that's what they call getting heat, kids. Getting heat. Uh, <laughs> And of course, join, uh, joining us as well, uh, we have the former home of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, <laughs> we have another from Seattle, the one and the only from Hyper Rabbit Power Go, and many other things. Uh, we have Aaron Kirby. Aaron, how's it going? Thank you. Dude, it's going so good. Thanks so much for having me. I'm always up to talk some wrestling. Yes, always up. Uh, and we're talking about some fun wrestling here with progress wrestling uk wrestling uh i am always up for talking about uk wrestling uh Deech, give us a, a, a you can give a little context especially for the how this plays into the global cruiserweight series and a couple of other things and progress wrestling for what you know well progress wrestling is an independent wrestling organization based out of old london town London, England, started by Jim Smallman and John Briley in 2011. And they wanted to bring uh, a British wrestling brand to the city of London, where there really hadn't been one based in London at the time. And it has grown to be a pretty successful wrestling brand in that time. Um, if you're 
if you've been paying attention to the Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast, you'll know that the British wrestling scene is going through something of a resurgence in the last few years. And Mm -hmm. London is, for all intents and purposes, kind of becoming one of the epicenters, along with ICW in Scotland, Revolution Pro UK, and the list goes on from there. And now we're talking about progress. We're talking about progress. Uh... And I or, sorry, sorry, PD. Progress. 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 Uh, from England. London, England. England. Progress. <laughs> progress. Uh, and I'll start with you, Aaron. Uh, Want to get your expectations uh, when I give you kind of this event? Uh, I guess you can kind of describe how yourself as a wrestling fan and what expectations do you have coming into this into this event? Um. So well. You know, this is the first full progress uh, show that I've watched. I've watched progress matches, you know, all the time because I'm a huge Zack Sabre Jr. fan as well as a Tommy Ann fan, as well as a Marty Skoll fan, as well as a Mandrews fan, Will Ospreay fan, all those guys. But I've never watched a full production, so I was really excited to watch it. Uh, love progress. Pro- excuse me, progress. I love everything the UK is doing. I got to go to Bola last year, and the people that I loved the most were all of those guys. So since then, I've just kind of delved as deep as I could into UK wrestling. Yeah, yeah, I've I've been I've been enamored with UK wrestling as I've documented on the show. Uh, so good, it's yeah, so, so good. good. It's, it's been great so far. Yes. <laughs> uh, somebody else who's, who was with us as on our first excursion on this show into UK wrestling, Natalie. Uh, what were your expectations coming in to this event? Uh, I never, this would be my first time to watch a full show. I had seen, you know, uh, a couple of matches here and there. Um, what I had heard was, you know, uh, expect excellent wrestling, great production value. Um, and, uh, prepared to be blown away and uh it was a great show so um natalie question for you with all of the talk about the global cruiser rate series and everything uh has there been anything uh that you might have seen either from wwe or anywhere else that might have caught your attention that you may or may have been curious about yeah i mean definitely uh, i think this is an interesting move by the wwe to uh, to do this. Um, so of course, once they announced, you know, who would be hosting the qualifying, uh, matches, you know, I've got, you know, I had to check out at least, you know, do a quick Google search. Um, cause it, as I've said before, I'm pretty much apart from the occasional indie show here and there, I don't follow indie wrestling like I used to. So, um, was definitely interested though. Yes. Yes. And, uh, it, is definitely an interesting show. Uh, more than just because it was a couple of obviously global cruiserweight matches, global cruiserweight series matches, qualifiers that is. Uh, but it was a full show otherwise, and a very fascinating show to say the least. Uh, it gets started. Progress Wrestling Twenty Nine, uh, and you get an obvious feel for for kind of the the personality. Uh, there's a there's a bit of kind of. There's a lot of really a great energy when it comes to UK wrestling shows. Can I UK just say, PD Rave, I just want to say right off, just from the first few seconds, I hear For Whom the Bell Tolls by Metallica. Yes. And 
just immediately right away it's like okay i'm interested i'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, interested right? it's, I'm a, it's an easy way to start a show yes yes uh just classic guitar riffs uh and then we, we meet jim smallman uh the co-founder of evolve of, of uh progress wrestling uh and i i i, I was enamored with him from the from the get-go i don't know about you i Dave. really i really liked jim smallman and I don't know if you're noticing this or not, PD, but in recent years, there seems to be, at least on the indie scene, there seems to be more of a turn towards the kind of director of fun a la yes. Chikara in terms of authority yeah. figures. And that is on display, definitely in the UK scene and, and definitely with progress, where there is someone that is the host of the show. Uh, he makes sure the fans are having a good time. And Jim Smallman, clearly who knows uh, what to do in front of a crowd. He's, he's a stand-up comedian by trade. He, he clearly knows what he's doing in that regard. And I, I will say that I really love seeing these types of people that are uh, either an owner or an, an authority figure of some sort with the promotion uh, as the director of fun, if you will, uh, because it just – it's such a nice, refreshing change from the mainstream where the person that is supposed to be in charge of the show is always the megalomaniacal bad guy that wants to ruin everybody's fun. It's just another one of those things about the indies that's so refreshing and nice. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I want to ask you, Aaron, your first impression as the show ran started getting going and... Uh, Jim Smallman and the presentation. What was your first impressions? Uh, I was I was very impressed uh, with the production value. That's something Natalie brought up earlier. Uh, it was the is I was blown away. It was HD. It looked good. The camera knew what they were doing. Uh, Jim Smallman's great. I think that's super cool. I just googled him while you guys were talking about because man, that guy lives a life. Because I'm a stand up comic by trade, and he's a stand up comic. He's a wrestling promoter. Like, what more do you want? That's so <laughs> what, a, what a life that guy lives. That is awesome. That's like my two favorite things. But I think he's great. I think he's captivating on the mic. Uh, I love I was it Haskins who came down. Mark, Mark Haskins. Haskins. Yes. And he came down and he he got a great promo and it uh, it set the stage that he, the director of fun, I think, is the best way to describe it. It was just I was just like, oh, here we go. Let's 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 watch some wrestling. It just yeah. got me ready for it. And Natalie, what, what was your first impression? Yeah, definitely. Um, everything looked really crisp, really professional. Um, you know, Jim hyped up the crowd. They were already hyped to begin with, you know, just as soon yeah. as you know, it started. Uh, but, you know, you always hear that British crowds are usually the best crowds in wrestling. Um, and it certainly was highlighted. Um, I thought it was, I thought he handled it well, uh, not to get too far ahead, but to kind of ask the crowd not to keep the, the swears <laughs> to a minimum for the, for the for, two for matches the... that would be on, you know, WWE.com or the network or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but they seemed happy to play along. That's kind of a fine line, uh, yeah. especially it's, it's with like a very a... passionate crowd that's, that's used to, you know, expressing themselves. Let's just yeah. put it, it, it seemed like it was seemed like they were all, it was very community like, like it was very like, Hey, yeah, cool. Like, yeah, we're we're totally on board for whatever it is to help this 
like promotion. Like we're on board with that totally. I also want to give a big shout out to Jim Smallman and Progress Wrestling as a whole for their golden single rule, which is the polar opposite of Hood Slam. <laughs> and PD, uh, we've already discussed Hood Slam and my feelings on Hood Slam, where he told everyone the one cardinal rule when it comes to progress wrestling. Don't be a dick. And I really wish all wrestling shows and all wrestling crowds everywhere would remember that rule. Oh, if only we could get everybody on board with that rule. Alas. Alas. Uh, and of course, speaking of the presentation, I will say something really cool off the bat. The, the look of it. I put it on my TV. You know, it's HD. And I normally I put it like in sports mode. Kind of the smooth sports mode. I put it on cinema mode. Amazing. I put it on like, like we're watching some like primetime drama. Amazing. Awesome looking. Like the colors, the, the, like those cameras that they record with. Oh, amazing. Uh, that aside, we get started with the wrestling. We got the, the, the rules, the rule set up to the crowd. You know, the crowd is hyped up. Uh, they, they, Hype up the Global Cruiserweight series, but then they decide to start the show with the exact opposite of the Cruiserweight series with the at- with a, uh, another match in the Atlas uh, Championship Tournament, which is the Atlas Championship being uh, 205 pounds and over. <laughs> uh, so let the, we can go ahead and call it the Big Hoss Championship. Uh, and speaking of Big Hosses... We had the Beast of Belfast, the one, the only, Damo O'Connor, Big Damo, uh, taking on Michael Dante, representing the Sumerian Death Squad. Deej, give, I guess you can give him a little context uh, on this showdown to start the, start the show. Well, we most recently got introduced to Big Demo uh, at ICW in Scotland, where at the time he was the current reigning ICW heavyweight champion. Emphasis on heavyweight. Big Demo is a big boy, and Michael Dante is also a big boy uh, from the Netherlands. So uh, when I wrote this in my notes, I described it as Big Demo is offensive tackle athletic. Like he's a big dude but he'd probably be a really good offensive tackle. And as this match progressed, I saw that Michael Dante was defensive tackle athletic, where he was also a big dude, but also really, really athletic. And this was really great. Uh, I've seen Michael Dante before. He's, he's really good. And the more I see of Big Demo, the more I like him. I feel like... If there is a company out there, maybe like All Japan or Wrestle One, uh, they're going to see Big Demo, and he's going to have a career in Japan for a good long time. He he seems for like sure. a guy that would really do well over there, and I just really liked everything about this match. Yes. Like I, I like seeing the big dudes that are really, really athletic, that can really, really go. Yeah. Uh, Natalie, uh, this opening match, uh, with all the talk about the, the Global Cruiserweight series, it was a bit of a left turn. Uh, what did you think going in to, to this opening? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, sometimes 
uh, when two big guys work against each other, sometimes it's not always not always compelling. But these these guys did an excellent job. It looked, you know, uh, you know, it looked very credible. You know, the crowd was into it. Yeah, they did kind of swerve. Uh, they didn't. You know, obviously they went to the opposite end of the spectrum, basically, uh, after, you know, discussing the, the cruiserweight uh, tournament. But I think, you know, it, the brawl went outside. The crowd was very cooperative. Um, I think it set the tone uh, for the rest of the evening. So mm-hmm. a fantastic showdown. Uh, Aaron, what, what did you think of the big Hoss showdown to start off the, the, the event? So I've seen Michael Dante before in the Sumerian Death Squad with Tommy End. And uh, it's hard because he always feels like he was overshadowed. And so here he showed up pretty big and I liked him. This is the first time I've seen Damo and that guy's awesome. (laughs) I've heard nothing but good things about him and he blew me away. I was very surprised he lost purely just because of his presence. I thought was so much better than Michael Dante. But I imagine that guy needs gets a rub from him. because Damo probably doesn't need it and he's probably on to bigger and better things. Uh, But I loved it. I was surprised by the finish because it didn't look like that impactful of a finisher. I think he got him with a spear and then put down Damo. And I was, I was kind of like, Oh, when it ended, because it seemed like it could have had another couple minutes or a couple series in there, but I loved it. I loved watching Damo for the first time. I I was impressed with Michael Dante as well on his own because I've never seen him on his own before. And it took me about a minute to realize who he was. (laughs) <laughs> because I guess I must have missed it during their intro. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought it was a great match. Yeah, it was a great way to start things off. A great way to, yeah. great way to introduce progress wrestling. A great way to introduce, uh, if you're if this is your first time, a great way to introduce the Atlas series. Obviously, it's a one that is going on in, in the middle of its process right now in the group stage. Which I, which I love. They're doing the group stage. It's so, it's so, England. so England. European. But you know what? Yeah, right. I love that. Like, I, I, I love that they're doing everything, like, very European. Hey. Uh, and, and that takes us, officially, speaking of the Global Cruiserweight Series, takes us to the first of the two matches in the Global Cruiserweight Series qualifiers of the evening. We had the one, the only, the current... Uh, I believe current pro wrestling gorilla world heavyweight champion, uh, the world renowned, the, the once and future king, our future lord and savior, the British dragon. Uh, I'm I might even call him <laughs> the one, the only Zack Saber Jr. Taking the on man. Flash Morgan Webster, aka the wrestling mod. <laughs> <laughs> which i think is i think one of my favorite thing when he popped out realizing he's 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 a wrestling mod he's a mod and that delighted me to no end i don't know if you got that as soon I, as you i like his style i definitely liked his style he 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 has a look and a style that that i can appreciate his yeah. gear just everything i thought he was I dug Flash Morgan Webster. I, I hope to see more of him. I, I yeah. hear he he's um through this match you saw him dealing with a shoulder injury. Uh but I hope he I hope he gets well and I want to see more from Flash Morgan Webster. I mean uh, Zack Sabre Jr. needs no introduction, but I came out of this really hoping to see more from Flash Morgan Webster, Petey. Yeah. yeah. Uh Natalie, 
Um, I don't know how much you know or have heard about uh, the, the uh, I suppose, now infamous Zack Sabre Jr., uh, but what did you think of this going in, and what have you heard about him? Um, I've, you know, even if you're as out of it as I am now, um, you've heard of Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, and so, sorry, Natalie, I just want to say, you saying that, it reminds me so much of like around 2005, 2006, 2007, when I would speak to people that were not as savvy with wrestling as I was. And even back then, people would know the name American Dragon or Brian Danielson. It reminds right. me of the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Natalie. Sorry. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, it's, uh, you know, that same amount of buzz and you just you keep hearing the name of course now it's even easier you can be like all right who's this guy punch his name in youtube and like oh okay that's that's what we're that's what we're dealing with here so um this was a great uh great match um just how you know it's probably been said a million times but just how uh you know fluid uh Zack Sabre Jr. is uh, with his move set is just you know it's really really something to behold. So, and I had never seen Flash Morgan Webster ever, so he was no slouch either. Um, but just uh, this match was just a lot of fun. Yeah, and, and I, I'm thoroughly enthralled. And like I said, I was thoroughly enthralled by the fact that he was a mod, and I was as, as a as a fan of the Who. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say, for for the folks at home, provide a little context into exactly oh, what okay. a mod is supposed to yeah, be. Yeah. So a mod is uh, a, a subculture from the 60s. Uh, there was a few revivals, a couple of revivals in the UK and a revival in like California at some point of the of the style. And it was, uh, it was a very kind of uh, working class uh, youngsters in the UK, uh, in pre primarily in London. Uh, would dress up in fine clothing and like Italian boots and like tight clothes and like would ride around in scooters. Uh, you know, if you look up old, you know, performances of the Who, you can see you know like the the performances of the Who. You know, in like the sixties, you can see the mod style. Uh, if you've ever listened to Quadrophenia, uh, Quadrophenia is set uh, up the the setting of that is during the uh, revelries of the mods and the rockers. And it's primarily, you know, kind of centered around that. Especially like the if you if you've seen the cover of Quadrophenia, the four uh the four uh rear view mirrors on the scooter. So for for the kids out there here in the US, if you're looking to bite somebody's style, Flash Morgan Webster, he might be a unique selection. You you might want to check him out. I I dug him just not just as a wrestler, but his whole presentation was very impressive. Mm -hmm. Uh Aaron? Uh, like you said at the beginning, you already know Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, wow. How did you feel? Absolutely. Uh, how did you feel going into this? Oh, what'd you what'd you take out of it? Um, well, my take it, it reminded me of when I saw his first match at Bola last year. I was just like, oh, I'm watching the guy who's going to win this tournament because <laughs> I just I feel I would be I would be shocked if Sabre Jr. isn't the one who wins this tournament. Yeah. I think he's got to be the hands-on favorite. We're still waiting on Kotebushi. Right, and he just was saying like the other day he wants in, but give me a Bushi and him uh, and Saber in the finals, and I'll be it's, it's I'll die a happy happen. man. 
it's gonna yeah, be it's, Kota Ibushi and Zack Saber Jr. It's going but to happen. I think just being that confident took me a little bit out of the match. But once the match starts, I mean, anything that Zack Saber Jr. does, I have my eyes on. And uh, the Morgan guy, I think he—it was the curse of him wrestling Zack Saber Jr. that I just didn't take him seriously because I didn't find anything he did believable because it's a. Uh, I love Saber Jr. so much, which is a difficult thing because if he's not wrestling like this elite talent that I see all the time, I'm kind of just like, what's he doing wrestling this guy? But uh, I thought the match was great. I thought it, he it was brutal. I thought there was a couple things that were super brutal, especially at one point he, uh, golly, how did he set it up? He went for a 450, I think, and missed it, but he got he hooked him in the back and then bridged him over into a suplex yeah. landing right on his head. And I was yeah. at work and I pulled my maintenance guy who was near me and I was like, dude, come look at this. <laughs> <laughs> come look at this fake wrestling you make fun of me for. And he even was just like, oh, God. Uh, loved it. Uh, loved that Petey, match. Th- there were definitely some moments in this match that once again reminded me of Brian Danielson uh, during his Ring of Honor world title run where certain guys he would just stretch and torture. <laughs> and like, if you remember the, the show that we did for, for Driven, for ROH Driven with Rick Foster, uh, with the match with Nigel McGuinness, which I've said for years is like my favorite match ever, uh, where Brian was just stretching Nigel just to no end. Yes. And then when he had his <laughs> arm behind his back, he started bridging back and just started stretching him further and further. That's what this match reminded me of at points, where Zack Sabre Jr. was just being absolutely merciless and brutal. (laughs) It's like if Johnny Saint and William Regal had a baby, (laughs) and then then outwalk Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. Uh, So good. That's the first thing that I really noticed from this match, is that Zack Sabre Jr. has kind of a mean streak. That yes. is not unlike Brian Danielson. Yeah. And it's very, you know, very that's, good. That's really interesting. Yeah, he's, he's, he's and if you didn't win. notice him getting stretched, you heard the uh, the crowd yelling, stretch him out, Saber, stretch him out, <laughs> which I thought was a great, because it took me a second. I was like, what are they saying? And then yeah, they said it. I was like, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, and, I, I, and you got to love like moves like the his amazing dragon sleeper that involves him uh, yeah. holding his hands behind his back. Very proper. Like. <laughs> And it's very, I, I, it's like call it a very British dragon sleeper. Like, <laughs> and, and I dug it. Uh, so many, so many great moments, so many great moves. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. really is a torture artist. <laughs> he's he's an artist in the form in the he, world. He is the British dragon. He is the British dragon. Yeah. Uh, and that brings dragon. us, and that that's transitioned us to the second of the Global Cruiserweight Series matches. Uh, well, I also well, I, not to. I, I wanted to bring it up. I did I, another thing that I love that I, we almost forgot about before the the first match was the moment that Jim Smallman gave the crowd ten seconds to get all the swearing out of their system. Yes, <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, which I loved. And but then not all right. So I just wanted to bring that up because that was hilarious. Uh, this brings us to the next of the two matches we have. The the bruiserweight, uh, I believe the bruiserweight uh, Pete Dunn, taking on none other than Jack Gallagher. Jack Gallagher, who uh, who managed to slim down from uh, from his 
uh, previous over 300 pounds down to uh, 165 pounds, which is impressive. I think uh, shows a commitment to his uh, to the betterment of his, of his career. Uh, and miraculously, no extra skin whatsoever. Yeah, it's one of those things. You know, you just kind of you got to hit the weights right. You know, tons of train, coconut oil. You know, trains for go, not for show. You know, kind of trimming in the right ways. You know, your right diet regimen. You can slim down. I mean, I'm, lose weight without slimming down. You manage to lose mass, really. Uh, Deej, what what context did you give the uh, give the people on this contest? I don't know how much context I can give. Uh, one thing that I realized is that Pete Dunne was our, our first proper heel or villain, because this is England, of the evening. He, he was the first proper villain uh, on this progress show. And he was not afraid to get the crowd against him. Jack Gallagher, Petey Rave. <laughs> uh, with our recent delvings into the British wrestling scene, I've been kind of looking for like the one guy that I can kind of attach myself to and say, that's my guy. Petey, I think Jack Gallagher is my guy. Yes. I think he's my guy. He's fantastic. Uh, he is he's a fantastic personality. He has a very much a Also, I, I just want to say him. he has his entrance from start to finish rehearsed perfectly. And you know Triple H likes that. So, yes. hey, Triple H, <laughs> if you're watching these matches, check that one out. And you know he likes the big he likes the big beefy dudes and you know he is he did slim down for this tournament but you know he's he, he can he can bulk up if he needs to up to that also, old 300 weight. Also can I just say with the mustache and, and the haircut he had going on he looks absolutely perfect as the third vaude villain. Exactly. He could absolutely yes. be the third vaude villain. And uh, he, he definitely brings a, a little bit of that classic style and a little bit of the classic world of sport into his wrestling as, as well. Like a little bit. I, of like I that think Jack Gallagher is going to be my guy in yeah. the, the British wrestling scene, yeah. Petey. I think uh, this is my guy. Natalie, well, what was your impression of this contest? Um, I did. Uh, I got to give props to the crowd for their creative uh, chants. I'm sure they would have chanted other things, but, you know. They had to go with, like, bad hair, no fans, as well as, you know, we don't like you, I think was another one. <laughs> or no one likes you. <laughs> yeah, or no one likes you, maybe that was it. Um, but yes, Gallagher is definitely, uh, you know, as I think somebody already mentioned, definitely world of sports is what immediately came to mind when I, uh, when I saw him uh, go to work. So, um I think this is is probably one of my favorite matches uh, uh, that I saw during the show. It was really well done. Yeah, and, and it makes you look forward to seeing Jack Gallagher uh, as he goes on because he, he came out victorious uh, as he goes on to the Global Cruiserweight Series, and that got me excited to kind of get get the, the the WWE universe, as it were, uh, getting to see somebody like him, and I think I think they'll enjoy him. Uh, I think a lot of people will enjoy him. Uh, Aaron, well, what did you think of this contest, the second of the Global Cruiserweight Series qualifiers? I thought it was like a just a very good from start to finish match. Uh, the heel work had done was awesome. Gallagher seems like a great baby face. I thought it was a really easy mesh between Gallagher because he's very he seemed very technical 
Well, this bruiser weight thing is new to me. I didn't know about that, but I love that. And I think that's great. And uh, the false finish, I fell for that. I fell for that real hard. <laughs> how, how, was, about, how about when uh, Pete Dunn tried to put his feet on the ropes and the ref actually caught him? Yes. Yeah. It was amazing. That, yeah, that was, it was very, very good. And then they just went counter for counter into the end. And I liked it, man. It was very, very fun. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good end. It was a good match. I, I love the 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 personality of these two, both on the either end of the uh, alignment yeah. spectrum. <laughs> you know, they both fit really well in their uh, respective alignments, and it's fantastic. Uh, and I'm look so looking forward to to both of these guys, both of these qualifiers as they go in the Global Cruiserweight Series. Uh, and before we get into the rest of the show because part of this uh, you know part of this uh, this season uh, going forward is talking about the global cruiserweight series as, as a whole um i'll start with you natalie what 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 do you what do you expect what are your expectations with these two uh and how they fit into the map of the global cruiserweight series um I think yeah, the expectation is, you know, uh, our buddy Zach here is uh, probably going to uh, uh, at least go very far. Let's just put it that way. Um, I think this is a great uh, forum to introduce, you know, uh, you know, this style of wrestling uh, to a larger audience. Uh, and I think that's, uh, you know, that's the whole point. Um so I certainly look forward to seeing more. Uh, I'm, I, my interest is peaked now, so um, can't wait to see what's next. Yeah, uh, Aaron, what do you what are your predictions for at least these two in the grand map of the Global Cruiserweight Series? Uh, at first, I thought Gallagher. I th- so when I looked at both of the guys when they started the match, I figured that both these guys were going to kind of be one and dones, whoever decided to win. And uh, Gallagher, I like so much that I hope he's not. Saber, I've already told you that I think he's going to win the whole damn thing and then up in WWE shortly thereafter. <laughs> but uh, Gallagher, I think I think I think full sale will eat him up. I think yeah. they'll love him. Yeah. I think they'll. And I'm pretty sure that's where the whole tournament after these is being held. So I think I think if he doesn't win, I think he, there's going to be quite the support for him regardless. Yeah, which is which is good. And I'm looking forward to that. Uh, Deej, just real quick, what, what are your predictions for these two qualifiers? Um, well, like I said, uh, I'm with Aaron. I'm pretty sure that if not Kota Ibushi, uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be the guy that wins the, the entire thing. And he'll be on Monday nights and Thursday nights sooner rather than later. However... Uh, when that happens, uh, and I say when, not if, for Zack Sabre Jr., I think that whether he decides to stay independent or he gets signed to a developmental contract, Jack Gallagher has plenty of potential. And maybe I'm just coming out of this because I immediately really liked him. But I think a lot of other people will like him, too. Like I said, I think he fits in really well uh, with things that WWE likes to do. I think he has a good grasp of not just his technical ability and his athletic ability. I think he knows what it means to have a character. And I think that's really important that he 
he kind of has his character down. So I think for Jack Gallagher, uh, he has a world of potential. And mm-hmm. I, I really like him already. Yes. I think he had the best fleshed out character out of everyone I saw who I didn't know about. And that includes the guy who uh, we'll talk about in a second who yes. was dressed as Jesus. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought Gallagher had the best, most fleshed out character out of everybody, yes, yes. probably on the whole show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, speaking of uh, fantastic characters, uh, we go toward, go forward to the rest of the show. Uh, we go to the final of the third natural progression tournament. Uh, we get a really cool kind of uh, information about the natural progression. Uh, natural progression being their kind of periodic tournaments that usually almost kind of function as their king of the ring slash money in the bank kind of thing where the winner is uh winner gets kind of a good recognition and a trophy a fantastic trophy and a shot of the title whenever he decides to uh plus we also get the announcement that they're going to crown a women's champion which i think went over really well with the the crowd uh which is was a really cool thing to see uh get the reception of that like the the fact that the fact that they will crown a women's champion was like yeah we're all on board with that was really cool um but yeah this match damon moser Moser pastor william ever yes yes sir pastor william ever david moser natural progression three finals very interesting contest to say the least deej I really only have one question about uh, this match, and it's probably the elephant in the room regarding one pastor, William Ever. My question is, what is going to happen to this gentleman when he turns 33 years old? We'll have to, we'll have to find out. Is he going to go... Is he going to retire from from wrestling and then come back a couple of days later at the next show somewhere yes. is, is is that what's going to happen i don't know uh but i look forward to uh when we have loaves and fishes at the concession stand uh <laughs> also i now feel bad because i wrote in my notes uh originally i had zach saber jr written as the lord and savior of wrestling and yeah, I had to scratch that out now because Pastor William Ever was here. <laughs> uh, yeah, he is risen and he is approached to the ring. Uh, <laughs> we have the natural progression and, finals, and, and and the crowd chants, "We believe." Yes, for him. yes. Uh, Natalie, what was your impression of this contest? Well, it did uh, clear up a little mystery because I did uh, see the uh, rather best CM Punk parody shirts ever uh, with the cross uh, instead of, uh, you know, the fist holding a cross. I was like, what's that about? And then I figured out what that was about because uh, there were a couple of guys wearing those shirts in the front row. So uh, you couldn't help but notice. I'm like, all right. So uh, we have Buddy Jesus, maybe. Uh, anyway, I thought this was uh Obviously, uh, Pastor William Ever is ridiculously over. I mean, just the crowd is was very super- devout following. Yes, <laughs> progress wrestling fans. Yes, yes. Um, 
the match itself, uh, like all of them, was pretty fast-paced. You know, they're pretty much, you know, in the audience, <laughs> you know, during the <laughs> opening piece or the opening first piece of the match, uh, which, you know, as somebody who's had to scurry <laughs> from wrestlers flying into their row, uh, I could appreciate that. Um Crowd seemed to be pretty forgiving, though. Always, um, always reminds me of that one, that one classic ECW quote: uh, "The the take a home, take a luchador home day at uh, ECW Arena." Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, a very, very, very then, cool contest. Yeah, and then uh, the taunting, you, you know, by uh, by. Um, Damon Moser of the, uh, you know, Rise, Pastor Rise. And, uh, <laughs> that was great, too. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, Aaron. I'll, I'll, oh, sorry, Aaron. One more thing, Petey. Uh, during this match, uh, the pastor did a tope con hilo to the outside. And the crowd and the, the commentary, uh, they all collectively said, Holy shit, as you do. And the play-by-play man said, yes, indeed, literally, holy shit. Yes. And that, that just left me in hysterics. Yes. Uh, Aaron, what was your impression of the contest? Um, I loved Pastor Ever. I loved him. I loved him. I loved him. Uh, Damon Moser honestly didn't do a whole lot for me. Like, he kind of just seemed like a guy. Like, he just kind of seemed like a like create a wrestler template one or two. Like he, there was just, there's nothing he did that really stuck out. The person, maybe it was because he was going up against such a big personality in this Ever guy who's, this is the first time I've seen either of them, but that you dude clearly, guy, you clearly felt Ever's touch. You felt his touch. I felt his, it, it was like a light, the clouds parted and shined down upon me. Yes. And, uh, collect his soul forgiveness. out. <laughs> He's, I love this Ever guy, but that Moser guy, like I, just purely based upon the ring presence, I was like, there's no way Moser wins this. <laughs> but uh, I liked I liked the holy shit thing. I was going to bring that up. That's why I was laughing so hard. And I also liked the holy shit after he won. Uh, but I think it's cool. I love the uh, cash in, you know, for a, a shot at any time. Like, I think that's uh, become such a good staple in wrestling. I'm happy everybody ha- starting to have that because it adds intrigue. But I, I like that guy. I, I would just like, I'm worried that like, if he's going to go, he's going for the progress championship, right? Yeah, yes. The progress championship. It seems to be, he's the most gimmicky person who would have ever hold that held that. Like <laughs> if you look at everyone who's held it. So that kind of, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about progress uh, to really talk on it, but like, that was the one thing that stuck out to me. And I was like, it seems kind of weird that it wouldn't be too believable that this like super big gimmick, you know, would go over guys like the, like join the ranks of the Will Ospreys and all that. Yeah. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. That that, that adds to the, Loved him, to the interest. I guess yeah. you've just got to have faith in him. Yeah. Got to have, have faith. Got to have faith the faith of and, faith. And I loved when, when at the end of the match when he was asked when he will cash in. Uh, he, he His answer was, when he tells me it's time to cash in. <laughs> yeah. His, his commitment his commitment is 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 something to behold. I respect He's living that, that gimmick. Yes, sir. Uh, but yeah, I hope that, he doesn't die for the gimmick. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Uh, but yes, that brought us to the end of the first half uh, of the of the of the event. 
Uh, and they had, a, you know, kind of a halftime. They had the intermission, the classic inter- uh, independent wrestling intermission. But I did want to point out that they, in fact, specifically pointed out that there were two halves to to the wrestling <laughs> event. Uh, again, the classic, it's the, the UK thing. It's the, the very European thing. Uh, always bringing in the soccer things. Uh, also, what I loved was, the, again, the soccer mentality. Uh when the the call the play by play guys accidentally said that in the Atlas Championship Series you get three points for a win even though you get two points for a win, <laughs> you get to apologize like further you know, proving got- once again nobody understands what round robin points do. <laughs> yes, exactly. Round uh, robin tournaments are way too complicated. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. Uh, but we get into our, our the second half of the evening and you get to probably the most confusing match <laughs> i'm probably at least from the outset if you if you didn't know what was going on coming in uh we had pollyanna taking on dahlia black uh in a tag team contest which took me till it started to realize they the part of this was the mystery partners which they were allowed to choose for each other uh, I yes, don't know. They they chose tag team partners for the opponent. Yes. Uh, with Pollyanna choosing Ginny and Dahlia Black choosing Elizabeth, who oh, yeah. is Ginny's personal assistant or something yeah, like that. Yeah, Dahlia Black choosing Ginny for Pollyanna. Uh, and Pollyanna choosing Elizabeth in turn uh, for Dahlia uh, for Dahlia back. <laughs> and then it turned into the whole thing. Uh, it w- it was a fun tag team contest. I will say I will add Petey? one note. Petey, I gotta say, I know how you are with Nikki Storm. I, I yeah. know for for the longest time that was your girl, and I thought Nikki Storm was awesome too. And we all know she's she's a future women's champion. She's gonna do great things. Uh, every once in a while, there is somebody on one of these indie shows that immediately will grab your attention. For me. That was Dahlia Black. <laughs> like, out of this entire show, she was like, whoa, who is this? Th- this girl is... She really stood out from just about everybody else for me. Just yeah. With her whole presentation and how crisp she was in the ring. just She was a complete package from top to bottom. Like, uh, her and Pollyanna, both of them were pretty I, fantastic. I, I'm just going to say, Petey, she might be my Nikki Storm. She might be, if, if things go. Phrase. Yeah, she uh, might be my Nikki Storm. She's rocking them. She's she rocking them cornrows. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm so ready to see more of her uh, on a regular basis. Rocking Dahlia them Black cornrows. Is awesome. Rocking them cornrows, which is fantastic. Or I guess not the cornrows, but like the braids all the way back. She, uh, she had the she had the Ronda Rousey braids. Yeah. Uh, I my one note I put here, uh, such ratchetry. Uh, yeah, we're down to the music and her pro presentation. Not, not that I, I hated it. It was just you know, I I loved it. It I was really ridiculous did. and fun. I, uh, Natalie, I, yeah, Natalie Dahlia whoa. Black, wherever you are, I I'm so on your side. Yeah, <laughs> Natalie, what was your impression of this uh, all women's tag team contest? Yeah, it took me a little bit to get caught up with what exactly uh, was the you know 
what was going on, but I did get caught up. So, um, who stood out to me because I do appreciate, uh, you know, a proficient heel, which Jenny is. Um, I love the whole arrogant fashionista. I mean, the, the announcers did their job with name dropping, you know, Knightsbridge, which is where all the very, very fancy department stores are in London, the Harrods and Harvey Nichols and, uh, you know, just her very antagonistic, uh, you know, just basically acting like she owns her assistant and all of that. The crowd was very much, uh, you know, into this match. Uh, it was a little clunky at parts, but, you know, you know, what's the old saying? You know, a hot crowd can make an okay match, you know, a great match. So, um, but they were very much invested. Even if you, you know, this is your first time, you know, seeing these participants, you know, you got drawn in. So yeah, yeah, got drawn in, and it was, it was, it was it's specifically with Elizabeth. Uh, yeah. The story they told with Elizabeth was absolutely fantastic. I, I am always uh, into stories like this where there is a a one person that is being you know treated mistreated by the heel and then they that person finally has enough uh you can think about damien sandow and the miz uh, probably the best recent example since damien sandow is on everybody's minds right now uh i think with elizabeth the personal assistant and jenny th- this was executed exceptionally well uh so uh, credit to both of them yeah but uh, Aaron, what what was your impression of this contest? This was one of the two matches that I wasn't able to catch. So I don't have any impressions, but I agree with everyone. <laughs> uh, go, go back. Dahlia Black. Dude, she, Dahlia Black, Nikki yes. Storm. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, she, she's my Nikki Storm. She's my Nikki yes, Storm yes. now. And, uh, and I like Nikki Storm. Nikki Storm was awesome. Yeah. But yeah, th- this is, is my girl. Awesome. This is my girl. Uh, Nikki Storm is going to be awesome. I'm so excited. Uh, but let's not delve into that uh, uh, rat hole. Uh, let's move on to the next contest. Uh, to the next contest with somebody that we've talked about before uh, a couple times, uh, especially specifically in our coverage of uh, Insane Championship Wrestling uh, and somebody we haven't seen before. We have uh, the Iron Man Joe Coffey. Again, this is another one of the Atlas Championship uh, group stage matches. Uh, the Iron Man Joe Coffey taking on Rampage Brown. Uh, I will say one interesting thing for Joe Coffey, and I don't know if anybody else caught this uh, as an ICW fan. I did notice he was wearing Polo Promotions purple. Uh, I guess in solidarity of his boy Mark, Co- his brother Mark Coffey. Ah. So that was good catch, Petey Rave. Mm-hmm. Good catch. Uh, I just wanted to point that out because it was really cool. Uh, but yeah, Atlas title match. Deej, what, what, what were what context give you people? What were your thoughts? I loved this. This might have been my favorite wrestling match on the entire show. Uh, if I were there in London with the crowd, I would have absolutely been chanting Big Lads Wrestling because Big Lads Wrestling is awesome. And when you see the two big dudes trading holds, going back and forth, that's so cool. 
Uh, I had not seen Rampage Brown before, but I think that I really like him. And I think this is something that really separates progress from the other British companies because I'm coming out of this with like three or four different talents that I really want to check out more of. Uh, I didn't quite have that with ICW, but with progress uh, so far, like there are quite a few talents on this card that I'm really, really interested in. And after this match, uh, which was really, really good uh, between Joe Coffey and Rampage Brown, this was this was just fantastic. I loved every bit of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Natalie, what, what were your thoughts on? I, I believe you've seen Joe Coffey before when we talked about ICW. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, Rampage Brand is definitely new to you. Um, I I enjoyed this match. Uh, you know, uh, yes, it ended in a 15-minute draw, but, you know, you didn't feel cheated out of a match, basically. Um, and, you know, there was, which you don't always see, you know, certainly not, uh, not often is there was a lot of technical chain wrestling with these two, you know, with these two, uh, larger guys who were, you know, very agile too. And coffee hit a, I think a monkey flip. Uh, I mean, come on now. Uh, this yeah. was enjoyable. Um, maybe, maybe my favorite match on, you know, overall, um, the crowd was into it. I mean, I said earlier, you know, sometimes it can be challenging to make, you know, make it interesting for two, you know, larger guys of the, you know, roughly the same size, you know, to make that match compelling. Cause you know, when you have a size difference, you already have a, a built-in storyline, you know, ready to go. And you don't even have to know anything about anything to, to get intrigued. But, uh, this was a, this was a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, and it, it ended in a draw, but we didn't feel yeah, you, you definitely didn't feel cheated. Uh, it was it felt natural for that to happen, and they they've done a good job of establishing that that's a possibility. Uh, and and it, I think that draw made the match end with both of the competitors looking really good. Like I think that was a big contributor to that. Uh, Aaron, what what were your thoughts on on the contest? This is that second match I was talking about that I didn't get to watch. <laughs> this was my match. This was my match of the night. This I'm not sure if you saw the night. face uh, that I made when you said that because I was just like, ah. So I will be going back and watching it. But I once again agree with everything you guys said. Yes. <laughs> this was this was definitely my match of the night. It was really good. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, excited to go take a look at it. Yeah, you definitely should, and it it got everyone hyped. Uh, and then transition well into the next contest. We had the an eight-man tag contest. We had FSU and the London Riots taking on the Origin. Uh, FSU, of course, you know they they have their own controversy with with their mascot uh, and people concerned the Seminole. about their, you the Seminole. Know, the Seminole uh, you know they're concerned about the massification of Native Americans and uh, you know things like that. What? I'm being told that they're not, in fact, Florida State University uh, affiliated. Oh. Okay. Never mind. Uh, FSU and the London riots. Do you uh, have an assistant? 
Yeah, it's just an, an invisible, an unseen. Yes, uh, she, unseen she's servant. from Milan. She's from Milan, Italy. Yes, <laughs> uh, cast unseen servant over here. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, FSU is London right taking and on the, the origin. The origin. The origin. You want to talk about uh, blue eyes and villains in British wrestling? These guys, the origin. These guys were the dirtiest of villains. The these dastardliest. Guys they, these guys were great. Yes. Um, also, I did not know that those shields were the tag team titles. <laughs> <It's> yeah. a, <laughs> apparently, what? those there are really? the shields that they brought out. Those are the Progress tag team titles because I looked up and I saw a picture of FSU holding them when they were champions. So that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Cool. So that's really cool. Uh, and I was just confused, but that was really cool. I, I just thought dare it was part I of say, that thing. Petey, dare we say it's rather progressive? Eh? Eh? I'm out. Right, yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a, there's a lot of it, a lot of going on here. A lot of you know old, the the old school guys, the the, the guys here. The uh, one of the guys, Mark Andrews, which uh, people will know if they Mandrews. watch Mandrews. Uh, people will know us. He is on TNA, uh, on Impact Wrestling at the moment. Uh, unlike a lot of people, uh, <laughs> and we have uh, London Riots, who are you know Progress Wrestling originals, kind of like uh, taking on the Origin, which is a bunch of guys. And it's just this was an interesting contest because there was a lot going on and a lot riding on it. And it was I think they had a little bit of a trouble uh, trying to convey what was going on. As far as the 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 uh, the, the ramifications, uh, apparently, from what I was able to glean, the winning tag team, uh, being whoever was it was an eight man tag, but whoever got the pin would get a tag team title shot for their tag team, and if the Origin won, all four of them would count go into the uh, Super Sixteen Strong Style Sixteen tournament. Uh, going forward so if you were to keep track of that uh there was a lot of intrigue on that. yeah it was it was a little confusing yeah it was a little confusing uh especially because they didn't get a chance to introduce the rules at the beginning because we had a we had a we had a uh ambush a little bit we had a little bit of an ambush a little bit of a uh you know dastardly deeds you know subterfuge shenanigans shenanigans Shanoligans, uh, if you will. Uh, Natalie, what, what were your what were your impressions? What were your thoughts as these this match was happening? Uh, yeah, there was a lot a lot going on. Uh, I did I did catch on to, to what what they were actually you know what the prize was, uh, so to speak. Um, you know. Uh, I think we finally got interested once it settled down into, you know, a you know, four on two handicap match. And then of course, you know, the heroic returns were built in later into the match. Um, you know, it's just as things look very bleak, of course. Um, as far as overall, it was, was probably, you know, um, didn't engage me. Uh, you know, and that may be just a case of the position of it was in the card and plus me, you know, uh, trying to, to get caught up with 
what exactly was going on. But um, I will say this, uh, the origin, uh, though, you know, it doesn't take, you know, rocket science to figure out that they're pretty much the biggest heels uh, in the company and they were getting a massive, you know, reaction from the crowd. So, um, so yeah. Yeah. I would say Dan Mastiff is a, an impressively shaped individual. <laughs> I have to say. Yeah. He's like the biggest thing in the world. Yet yeah. ball being the shortest thing in the world. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He, he looks he, like he is a girthy man. He looks like, he looks kind of like, uh, if big demo, uh, if big demo, uh, if you put big demo in the hydraulic press, but you stopped a couple, like us, like once or a little bit before he exploded. Yeah, if you stopped like you know, like quarter of the way through, just kind of, and then like you know, it presses him down, expands him a little on the side, gives him kind of a box look. Uh, but he moved fantastic, and he's a fantastic wrestler, and he's impressive when he moves. Uh, and I've seen him in other, I've seen him in ICW, and he's pretty good. Uh, he definitely knows how to use his build. Uh, yeah, this, this is a lot going on in this match. Aaron, were you able to get a hold of what was going I, on in this match? <laughs> I did. I, I like ridiculous, over-the-top uh, tag matches that don't make any sense, so I love this one. Uh, it was just it was hard to follow, which I, I love. <laughs> For some reason, that's my type of tag you, match. You did say you went to PWG, so there you go. I'm used to just like, what? What? What is going on? <laughs> But I thought it was weird that uh, that Eddie guy, I think it was Eddie, he just he ran in to start the match to attack those two guys who had yeah. chairs. Yes. I'm not sure why he didn't want to take his buddies with him. <laughs> I'm not sure like, why they didn't go with him. Yeah, it was, he like, just what? ran off. It was, it was, like, it was very hey, weird. I loved. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I was just I was I was waiting to see if you're going to say anything. I loved the sequences of the origin, just all putting signature moves on everybody. I thought that was super cool. I love I love him when heels heal it up like that and just destroy dudes. I thought that was great. I thought it was I thought it was fun. I was pretty unaware of most of the people in it except for Mandrews because Mandrews is my guy. I love Mandrews quite a bit. Uh, but the origin suite that Dan Mass is it Dan or Dave Dave Mastiff? I think Dan Mastiff. Uh, I could be wrong. The girthy Maybe guy. Dave. Well, that guy that guy was super sweet. I loved seeing him uh, and getting to watch him. And uh, the London riots, I I was very impressed with. Uh, they were very very fun. All around a great match, uh, fun to watch. I like hectic tag team matches, and this was about as hectic as it comes. But I loved the hero spots of them coming back in and uh, saving the match, and eventually getting the win, which was great. It, it was it was fun. It was classic heel beatdowns, faces overcoming. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was it was pretty fun. It was it was a lot of craziness. And it was tough to kind of keep track of like the, what it would meant to the story, but overall it was a lot of fun. Uh, I dug it. Like uh, it was, uh, I think a lot of there's a lot of talent in that ring that I think maybe is worth keeping track of. Uh, probably not as much as some of the other uh, members of the other matches. Petey, Petey, you're dropping out a little bit. You're dropping out a little I bit. Am? So we might want to jump to the main event. Uh, all right. So, but yeah, cool match. All yes. right, let's get into the main event. Uh, yes. Because things are going well. Yes. Me, so. uh, to the main event, we have for the Progress Heavyweight Championship, we have challenging, we have representing the Sumerian Death Squad, uh, 
at least temporarily. <laughs> but let's not spoil things. The Sumerian Death Squad, Tommy End, taking on the villain, Marty Skrull. Marty uh, Marty! Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to say right away, I love Marty Skrull because he comes out to Portishead. Yes, yes. And anyone that has Portishead as their entrance music, I'm instantly a fan. Yeah. Not to take away from Tommy End, who needs no introduction if you know you're wrestling. Uh, but yeah, th- this I knew right away this was going to be good. Yeah, this, uh, I'm just going to be honest, this is, this is what took me, I was thoroughly enjoying this show uh, throughout the whole card, but this match is what took me over the end of falling in love with this show. Like just falling head over heels in love with this whole show and this promotion. Uh, I mean, all, there was so much great, so many great things happening throughout the whole card, but this one was just crazy. Uh, Natalie, what did you think of the main event uh, of the evening? Um, it's you know, uh, our director of fun comes out to hype up the crowd. Uh, you know, just in case they were you know getting tired. Um, which I thought was a nice touch. Um, I, you know, had never seen anything from either one of these guys. So this was a treat. Uh, Tommy ends. Uh, wow. Uh, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's all I have to say about that. Wow. To be yeah. sure. To see. Yeah. That, that's Tommy end. Yeah. That's, Tommy <laughs> that's him. And, you know, you know, obviously Marty was the heel, but you could tell the crowd was still very appreciative of, you know, of his, you know, technical skill in that ring. Um, and just from, you know, the entrances alone, you kind of figured out exactly what was going on. So, um, so that was helpful for someone who isn't as well versed uh, in, you know, the back and forth of this promotion. So, um a lot of strikes, um, you know. Uh, a lot. <laughs> style, you know, kind of meshed really well with what Marty had going on. So uh, I really enjoyed this match and yeah. certainly lived up to its main event position on the card. Yeah. So. This, there's a lot of moments to like about this match. There was a lot of, there was, there was, there was a, I think one of my favorite, I think almost kind of a good chuckle moment was when, uh, when he had Marty Skrull set up for his chicken wing, they do his whole taunt, and you hear the crowd go "chicken wing," and that immediately triggers Tommy in to turn around and counter it. <laughs> like, yeah, that was like, great. That that is like one of the biggest wrestling tropes ever. When somebody like signals to do their finisher, and the crowd responds, the the other guy in the ring never does anything. <laughs> Well, it's like and sweet chin music from Shawn Michaels. No, he's stomping on the ground, and yeah. the crowd <laughs> is going along with it, and they never do anything. Yes. Nope, never. Yeah. I loved that uh, Marty later he went to do the chicken, and then he was just like, "Nah," and then just grabbed him to put him in it, <laughs> like a proper villain. Yeah, yeah. Give them hurry. what they want. Which was like, I, I think a good uh, the the commentators wanted to frame it as denying the crowd their fun. But I kind of I, I I'm more frame it. I want to give Marty Scroll more credit and say it was him learning his lesson. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not signaling. <laughs> I'm not signaling Tommy in to turn around, and kick me in the head again. No. Uh, no. 
I'm gonna go right to it. You know, it's like uh, some some such fantastic uh, storytelling in, in the, just those two moments. Uh, and and Tommy Ends kicks. Oh my God, Tommy Ends transition transitioning kicks is are so fantastic. Uh, Aaron, I wanted to ask Aaron. You can get started. Uh, what were your thoughts on this match? I could watch them wrestle forever. I love these guys, uh, no main eventers for sure. Anywhere they go, any promotion they go into, they're in the main event. They should be in the main event. Uh, Marty is one of my favorite characters in all of the world. Uh, Tommy and I don't think anyone strikes as good as him. Like to me, it's like you put, you have like Nakamura, you have Chris hero, you have Tommy ends, you have all, they're all in the same league to me. And like, and who was it that trained Tommy end? Chris hero. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. yeah, and he's just like there's nothing more satisfying than seeing him strike like from knees to kicks to punches to elbows to everything he does. And uh, the, I I could watch these guys wrestle all the time. Uh, Tommy and Marty Skrull among the best in the world for very good reason. And they showed why. I mean, I just love it. <laughs> I love those two. I love Marty. I would love I'd love to see Marty in the global cruiserweight, but. Yeah, ooh, ooh, ooh. He's got, yeah, he's got his thing. Uh, yeah, Tommy ends transitions and his kicks are just fantastic, right, Deej? It's already been said. I can't say anymore about Tommy <laughs> End. Yeah, Tommy, he, Tommy, Tommy, fucking end. He, he's one of those guys. He's one of those guys. He's that dude. He's that dude. I didn't. I I didn't really like the finish as much. I, I feel like probably a lot of people didn't like the finish. Uh, but that might not be because I didn't know this backstory behind it, but it seemed kind of, I get it. It seems like, you know, they're going to have, uh, those two fight. It was Mikey shipwreck. Mikey Mikey Whiplash. Whiplash. So Mikey Whiplash. Okay. So, uh, I'll give you context. Mikey Whiplash. Uh, normally when you see Mikey Whiplash come out, he is, he has a full makeup, very kind of like demonic. Mm -hmm. He's known as a necromancer. Uh, he'll have like, you know, tights and have, he's super muscular and he'll like, have like these goth like fishnet stockings and he has this very commanding presence and he is also up in, i guess up until this point or i don't know I, I, I guess including this point the leader of the sumerian death squad for which tommy end and uh, I believe, uh what was it? michael dante michael, michael dante, dante are also members so that was the big part of that that was him like striking down and, and denying the opportunity of his what he sees as his underling uh because he believes that's his moment uh because he was denied his title shot uh and i i kind of liked i liked it knowing that the backstory and who these people are but i will agree that if you didn't have that context it could come off a little like abrupt and confusing Especially not knowing who Mikey Whiplash is and not knowing who the Samaritan Death Squad is, at least as a group, and not being too aware. I think that they could have done that a little bit better. Uh, at least being able to convey that. I think the fact that I've watched as much ICW as I have and know Mikey Whiplash uh, probably helped me out, but they could have done a little bit better job helping other people out that may have been checking out this show for the first time, especially if, if a lot of people decide to go and check out the show because of the global cruiserweight series, even if it's on the network, uh, you know, the, it, it'd be a good thing to at least try to convey a little bit better. Uh, I will say that I did enjoy the fact that we saw Mikey Whiplash in like street clothes. It's almost like, yeah, 
It, it took me a minute to realize, whoa, that's that's Mikey Whiplash without the fishnets <laughs> and the makeup. Whoa, yeah. that, that's oh, okay. And I, 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 maybe this is reading too into it, but I kind of like read that as him, like that's him get going into his base human jealousy rather than like anything grandiose, if, uh, theatric. That was just him being a human jealous person. And that's I think it was like it. a very kind of spur of the moment. It made it look like he would just realize in the back he was just like, "Fuck, come on, no, he's not going to win this. This yeah. is my title." Yeah, yeah, and it was a very human thing, and I like that. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, but yeah, some storytelling and a very good main event, uh, capping off, a, I think what was a f- phenomenal wrestling event from top to bottom. And I'll ask you want to see guys, some real technical wrestling guys. You want to see some real technical wrestling? Look at this. Yes. Look at this. Look at this. Yeah. Uh, I believe, I believe that is the King of Dogs style. Yes. This is, uh, this is dusty named after, you know who? Yeah. Oh yeah. If you will. Uh if you will. <laughs> Natalie, what were your thoughts on this show overall? Oh, I enjoyed it. Um it's definitely um I, I do agree that yeah, they could have maybe helped out, you know, some of us newbies on the context of the ending of the main event, but the main event itself, you know, uh was you know awesome you couldn't ask for anything more um i mean i overall you know this everything top to bottom was solid the crowd was great production value was really really high um you know and you know i think it might help with you know getting new fans with wwe's involvement involvement um you know get Maybe some of us casuals, uh, you know, more used to seeing different types of wrestling and uh, the different things that progress brings to the table. So, yeah, this is a really cool thing. Uh, Aaron, what were your thoughts overall on the the whole event? Uh, I'll say I loved it. I loved it a lot. Uh, I liked I feel I wanted to say that the main event reminded me of if there's a stronger style. That would be how I'd describe that main event. Uh, anything Tommy Yen does. It was great. I loved it from top to bottom. It was very fun. I'm going to go check out those two other matches. I do need to run, though. I do have dinner plans, so I got to go. So I want to thank you guys for having me on. I'm sorry to cut it short, but I'm running just a little bit late, and so I got to go. Well, then, Petey, as I like to say, let's go home. Yeah, let's go home. Uh, amazing. Thanks. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, Aaron, uh, real you. quick, tell us about yeah. just a little bit about Hyper RPG. Hyper RPG, new uh, Twitch channel started by Zach Eubanks, the guy behind uh, Geek and Sundry. Uh, it's got we treat it just like Geek and Sundry, just like a television channel. Uh, tons of great programming. I host three shows, two on Monday, 3 p.m. and 7 p.m. What the fuck is this? And Trivia Hops, which is our flagship show. And then on Tuesdays, I also host Future Retro at 3 p.m. So yeah. definitely check it out. They got a lot of great tabletop gaming, a lot of fun gaming, the game streaming late nights as well uh weekly uh daily show rabbit stew is our news program it's a lot of really fun stuff we're doing and it's been a, it's been a fun ride since i've been on there and i'm excited to see what else uh, they got in store for me yes i am too uh and i'm excited because you're you have a friend of mine on there uh our friend april ness viking glasses is part of the crew oh you know her she's awesome yeah, I've hung out with her plenty of times. She's awesome. I love hanging out with her. I love that she's doing things for you guys. But yeah, thank you for being on, Aaron. 
Uh, it was, it Thank was, you so much for inviting me. I'd love to do this again sometime. Yeah, we, we definitely. Absolutely, Aaron. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Later. Natalie, what's going on? What, what do you have to plug? Who, who would you like to give a shout out to? Let me give a shout out to Oklamania, uh, who has just announced uh, that a certain Damien Sandow will be appearing. So Oklamania takes place over two days. Uh, the first uh, event on Saturday, July 16th, which will be at um, up in Shawnee, the fabulous Fire Lake Casino. The second Evening of events will take place in Oklahoma City at the Cox Convention Center, Sunday, July 17th. Uh, if you want to know more about this, you can go to imperialwrestlingrevolution.com or you can follow these guys on Twitter at IWRevolution. So yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to fall out for at least one of these shows. So Yeah, so go check that out. Uh, Oklahoma, some good independent wrestling out of, up there in Oklahoma, which is uh, no, they, uh, they, let's see who's they've announced. Damian Sandow, Sting is going to make an appearance. The Young Bucks, Jim Ross, of course, Jerry Lawler. Uh, so uh, the Hardy Boys. Two sweets so, all around. Yeah, two yep. sweets. Yep. Too sweet for everybody. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It, that just sounds like a cool show to be at. Uh, and especially I mean, if, if, if it's the Young Bucks, that sounds like a cool show to be on, uh, or just be around or be at, uh, yeah. no matter what. Uh, but yeah, that brings us to the end. Deej, you got, you got anything to tell the fine people? I would like to tell the fine people out there in Fanny Pack Wrestling Podcast land about a very good friend of mine, one of my closest friends, uh, Miss Tony Khan, and her business, Normal Not Found. Tony is a specialist in nerdy, geeky merchandise with all sorts of cool, nerdy references to all sorts of things. And you can follow her on Twitter at NNFound. N-N-F-O-U-N-D for Normal Not Found. And uh, tell her David says hi. Uh, go and do that. Of course, you can follow him at Just Call Me DJM. I'm yeah, Petey Rave. That, that, that. I'm Petey Rave. That's Petey as in Williams, Rave as in Jimmy, all in one word. Uh, you can follow the show at Fanny Pack WP. WP stands for Wrestling Podcast. So Fanny Pack WP. FannyPackWrestling.com. Rebelli TV on YouTube and Twitch. iTunes, Stitcher, uh, all the other places. Just subscribe, like, share. Uh, until next time, hasta los huevos. That's at NNFound. Normal, not Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>